dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This week, we continue to catch up on our recommendations from listeners with another dip into the listener library. Our thanks to Lionel for suggesting Vols Triest from Lights Out. Lights Out was the brainchild of Willis Cooper before he went on to create Quiet, Please. The show debuted in January of 1934. Cooper left the show in 1936, and Arch Obler took over the show. In 1938, Boris Karloff appeared in five consecutive episodes of Lights Out, including an episode called Catwife, which was broadcast on April 6, 1938. It tells the story of a catwife. That's the way our shoulder likes to name things, apparently. Another episode among the quintet was False Triest, first broadcast on March 30th, 1938. This is not that recording. This version of the script was broadcast on December 29th, 1942, and features Lou Merrill, Wally Mayer, and Gloria Blondell. Sadly, the Karloff version does not seem to have survived. As a title, False Triest is a little more nuanced than, say, Catwife. Literally translated from the French, it means Sad Waltz. It is the title of a famous composition written by Finnish composer Jean Sibelius, written as incidental music in 1903 for his brother-in-law's play, which the title of that play translates as Death. Wendy Carlos recorded a synthesizer version of Valstreet for Stanley Kubrick's film The Shining. Sorry, Lionel. Even for trivia, this is pretty trivial. But because you requested it, here is Valstreet. From Lights Out. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries, the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Obler. Tonight, another in our series of tales of the weird and the unusual. And this one is really unusual. It's about that little god of chance, the one who flips a coin and makes us rich men or beggar men. But before we start, Frank Martin has something to say to you. And I'd like to suggest, friends, that success isn't all a matter of luck or chance. No, success depends largely on you yourself. You can't hope to get ahead if you're miserably thin and tired and nervous. But you needn't necessarily go on feeling that way. If your trouble is vitamin B and iron shortage, then take ironized yeast tablets. They give you both vitamin B and iron. 
Thus, when you need them, help two ways to build you up. Help two ways to restore strength and pep. Men and women but the thousands who only needed more vitamin B and iron say, thanks to ironized yeast, they've gained new vigor, new weight and strength, often in a few weeks. That's right, ironized yeast tablets. All druggists have them. And now, lights out. Everybody. You say the world is planned. I say the world is chance. Sailing, sailing over the bounding main. Cut it out, Cut it out, you're rocking the boat. Babe, babe, this is really fun. Will you quit doing the big apple? This ain't Roxy, this is a canoe. Smell that air. Isn't it just terrific? Yeah, there's too much of it. Dottie Nelson, don't you talk that way. You know, mighty well we came out here to get healthy. All right, all right, so I'll get healthy even if it kills me. <laughs> sure was a funny way to pick out a place to go on a vacation, wasn't it? Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yeah, and this place was mo. <laughs> well, what if we picked out Alaska or Cicero or someplace like that? At least this way. Oh, we... Dottie, look. Look at what? On the shore over there, all those big flowers. Flowers? For Pete's sake, the way you were wiggling, I thought it was Indian. Come on, let's go pick them. Okay, finally, as long as you do the paddling. Hey, look out, Girl Scout, you're driving over the curb. Land ho! Oh, hey, you tear the bottom out of this battleship and we'll have to pay for it. Oh, I didn't hurt it. Come on, get out and help me pick these poses. All right, all right. As long as there's no keep-off-the-grass signs. Dottie Nelson, will you get it through that head of yours if this ain't Central Park? This is honest-to-gosh wilderness. Says you. Make mine vanilla with onions. Aren't they just the loveliest flowers you ever saw? Two bits were right in the middle of some poison ivy. Hey, hey, look. What? The boat, it's drifting off. Well, catch it, quick. What do you mean, catch it? I can't swim. Dot, do something. Do something. Don't just stand Don't there. Don't you yell at me. You're the one to blame. You should have pulled the boat higher out of the water. Oh, Dot, what will we do? They'll make us pay for it. Who cares about the boat? I'm worried about us. Us? Yes. How are we going to get back to that camp? Well, we can walk. Oh, you sure must have strained your brain thinking up that one. Oh, you needn't get so fresh about it. You certainly don't think all I wanted right, the boat. All right, all right. Let's hang up the boxing glove and get out of here. Dot. Huh? How dark it's getting. So what? Why is it getting so dark? Listen, lame brain. I may be just a hillbilly from 10th Avenue, but I know clouds when I see them. So they're clouds. You know, clouds, rain, remember? Uh, I'm scared. Oh, what have you got to be scared about all of a sudden? Come on, come on. I'll get you back to camp. No. Wait, Dot. Huh? That's not the way. we got to go the other way. Listen, lame brain, I'll do the path finding. But you're wrong. You're all mixed up. It's the other way. Is that a path or isn't it? But there's a path going the other way. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, what will we do? You go one way and I'll go the other. Oh, no, we won't. I'm scared. We'll stick together. Okay, we'll flip for it as usual. I had a nickel. Oh, yeah, here it is. Heads, we take the right-hand path. Tails, we take the left-hand path. All right. Okay, call it. Heads. Oh, heads it is. Okay, Girl Scout, lead the way. No, no, you, you go first. Okay, but if this path leads up to, up to the middle of nowhere, so help me, I'm going to pull you apart like a herring. So dark. Keep moving, keep moving. Wait, Dot. Well, what's the matter now? It's more posy. Listen. You hear it? Yeah. 
Mister, we were heading the right Will way. You turn over that I told you so record and keep moving. I'm hungry. Keep moving. All right. Keep moving. Okay. Well, this must be the front door of the joint. What's fun? How funny. Oh, what's funny now? That's pretty music. The place hasn't any windows. The door's all I care about. Think we ought to disturb whoever's playing? Disturb is right one side, Lady Gwendolyn. I'll do the knocking. Doesn't seem to hear us. Oh, you'll hear me. Awful thrilling, isn't it? Okay, you do the thrilling and you'll do the paying if they can't find that boat. Of all the junk. How do you do? Oh, how do you do? We're sorry to bust in like this. Well, we sort of lost our way. I mean, our boat, and we thought maybe you could tell us. Of course, of course. Won't you step in? I'm more than glad to see you. Well, of course we will. Come on, Di. Okay. It's going to rain. Yeah, we found that out. We certainly were lucky to find this place. We heard you playing the violin. Now, did you really? If you'll step this way. Oh, Dot, isn't he the strangest man? Yeah. Turned his face away. He must be terribly ugly. Oh, forget it. Go on, keep open. If you'll step in here, I have a small fire going. Kind of dark. Yeah. If you'll do me the honor of being seated. All right. Oh, boy, what a chair. Yes, it's most comfortable. Now, if I might be permitted to introduce myself, I'm John Boyd. I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Boyd. I'm Laura, and she's Daddy. Don't believe me, mister, it's a pleasure. Do my dogs hurt? May I sit and talk with you? There's so very much to talk about. Well, we should be getting back to camp. Oh, we got plenty of time. Anyway, mister, you don't know what a lifesaver you were. Was I? Really? <laughs> Anything gets Laura scared is to be in the dark. All those rain clouds. And then I must apologize for not having more light here. You see, my eyes... Oh, that's all right, mister. Uh... Boy. <laughs> I never could remember names. I I guess I don't really mind it being dark in here. It's sort of like a nice tea room. <laughs> really? <laughs> don't mind her, Mr. Boyd. She was hit on the head by a bowling ball when very young. Oh, Ned, <laughs> You listen to that wind. The storm will come in just a few more moments. Oh, isn't it the willies? Is your wife home, Mr. Boyd? I'm quite alone. Sure must get lonely out here. It was. Very lonely. Getting awful dark in here, isn't it? The storm... Oh. Oh, don't be alarmed. A door banging in the wind... If you'll excuse me for just a moment, I'll fix it. Okay. Okay. Dad. Huh? Let's get out of here. Why? You're scared, too. Oh, I'm not scared. You look so funny and shadowy in the dark. Dad. Huh? What's that funny smell? Yeah. I noticed it. Like medicine. He walks and holds his head so funny. Hang on. Now, why does he keep away from the light of the fire? Let's get out of here. Yeah, okay. We'll make a run for it before the rain starts. I suggest you stay. Yes, I suggest you stay. Come on, Dot. You'd better stay, my dear. The storm, it's close at hand. Yeah? Well, something tells me I'd rather be out there than in here. Me too. Well, I'll be seeing you. Come on, Laura. Okay. Mister? Yes? I missed it. The door's locked. I know it. You know it? Now, listen. 
It's a big idea locking that door on us. You let us out of here, mister. Mr. Boyder, or whatever your name is, didn't you hear me? What's the big idea locking the door? I have some very interesting things to talk about with both of you. We, we want to get out of here. Come on, come on, unlock the door. We'll scream our heads off. There's no one around for 15 miles. Are you going to open that door? I suggest you sit down. Give us that key. Now open that door. I tell you... Don, why did you... Sorry, I had to do that. I'm really a very gentle man. <laughs> oh, now, darling, please don't cry. I'm scared. Please stop crying. Please. I think we'll understand each other quite clearly now, won't we? Sit down. Sit down, the both of you. Sit down, I say. There. Now that we understand each other so clearly, we can talk with each other quietly now, can't we? You know, I dislike loud talking intensely. You see, I'm really a very gentle man. Please, Dot, don't cry anymore. That's excellent advice, my dear Laura, excellent advice. Dotty, I suggest you stop crying. Dot, please, do as he says. I... All right. Of course, you're quite all right. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Let me tell you of chance. Here I was, a quiet, contented man, sitting here all alone, and yet I was not quite content. Chance brought you here to me, and chance found me quite discontented. As a man of thorough sameness, as a man of infinite realism, I realized that this fortuitous circumstance of our meeting, chanceful as it might have been is a welcome opportunity for me. Opportunity? For what? To feel my loneliness permanently. To get myself a wife. Wife? God. It is crazy. I suggest, my dear Laura, that you substitute another word, a kindlier one than the one you're using. Oh. Yes, I said, a wife. Laura, oh, we wouldn't make good wives. Honestly, we wouldn't. We're just a couple of kids, aren't we, Dad? We, we may call for a heart, Paul, but... Oh, mister, have a heart, will you? Open the door and let us out of here. We'll keep our mouth shut. I swear we will. Mr. Boyd, please. Please, Mr. Boyd, will you... Have you quite finished? Then here's my answer. One of you becomes my bride. Oh, yes, my bride. I'm leaving this place shortly. When we reach our destination, one of you will become my wife. Oh, very legally. One... Us. I marry only one. Then what about the other? To the ordinary man, that would be quite a problem now, wouldn't it? But to me... Well, I told you I'm a realist, so the answer is quite simple. I marry one, and the other... The other? The other dies. Ladies and gentlemen, two girls apparently are forced to decide between the being who calls himself a gentle man and death. A most difficult choice to make. But before it takes place in tonight's exciting lights out tale, a deep breath to slow up at least my racing pulse and a moment more to consider another matter before we return to the story of Voss Triest. It's a matter that's facing many an American today. Listen. 
Gosh, they say I'm too old to fight, and it's beginning to look like I'm even too old for this war job of mine. Why I can't eat or sleep. I'm losing weight, getting more jittery and worn out every day. I sure am discouraged. Whoa there, don't be so quick to blame your age or your job. Maybe you simply need more vitamin B and iron. You see, when you don't get enough vitamin B from your meals, you may lose your appetite, not eat enough to maintain normal weight and strength. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and washed out, feel only half alive. Well, if I do need more vitamin B and iron, how can I get them? The easiest way I know is take ironized yeast tablets. These pleasant little tablets are a cinch to use. They cost but a few pennies a day, and they give you both vitamin B and iron. That's why ironized yeast tablets have worked such wonders for thousands who only needed more of these substances. Quickly help them regain their old-time pep and strength, and five, ten, even more pounds of good new flesh. So try ironized yeast tablets. If more vitamin B and iron is what you need, then see if soon you aren't saying... Who said I'm a has-been? Why, I've got pep to burn these days. I look like a new man with the pounds I've gained, and a promotion wouldn't surprise me one bit. Why didn't somebody tell me about ironized yeast tablets sooner? And now back to Lights Out. The two girls have heard the choice. One is to live, and one is to die. And their hysteria has grown with the terror in them. Quite true, my dear. How unfortunate. And after I told you how much I disliked loud talking. Don't hurt him, please, miss. Hurt you? Oh, haven't I told you? I'm really a very gentle man. Oh, yes, much too gentle. What? What are you going to do? Now, why do you ask that? The way, the way you look at it. I'm trying to decide which one shall live and which one shall die. You wouldn't kill us. Oh, just one, my dear, just one. Oh, you wouldn't dare. We, we could both stay with you. I marry one, the other die. Mr. Lesson, my family, they've got money. Lots of... Now, just a I... moment, my dear, just a moment. Money to me? Well... And what will I do with it? Oh, no, one of you must die, and this is quite as good a time as any other. No, no. You look so amusing. Backs against the wall. Skin on your faces, tight with fright. So white, so fresh and young. And yet, believe me, there's nothing to be afraid of. You wouldn't kill me. I, I don't want to die. Oh, it isn't a matter of want, my dear. It's a matter of judicious selection, like nature itself. You see, sitting out here, I've had a chance to watch nature and understand her. She's very gentle, just like I am. And yet she's quite a realist. Two rabbits run before the fox, one to the right, one to the left. The fox follows one and kills. But which one? It's all a matter of chance. With gentle nature herself to choose it. And I shall choose between you two. Oh, die, I tell you, not me. Don't look at me. It's chance, my dears. Yes, all is chance. Your being there and my being here. All things in heaven and on earth. Chance. Chance. All is chance. And so you'll die by chance. I won't die. I won't die, mister. Please. Please. Let me out of here. But, my dears, why be afraid? The one that lives, my bride, a calm and peaceful, happy existence, 
For as you know, I'm really a very gentle man. You devil, you. I'll go to my homeland and there I'll sit and play my violin. Oh, so sweetly and so gently. I want to live. I've got to live. And the one that dies. Quick, sudden, complete oblivion. So why be afraid? Mr. Boyd, Mr. Listen, I'll marry you. Sure, sure, I don't want to die. You hear me, Mr. Boyd, I'll marry you. Oh, marry no. You. Then you'll kill me. Will you I'll marry, marry you, Mr. I'll marry you. I'll marry you. Stop. Stop. Now you're making me angry. I don't like loud talking. It isn't good for me. I've been alone too long. Loud talking hurts my head. Why did you do it? Why? <laughs> You see what you did? You make me raise my voice, and that isn't good for me. Oh, no, it isn't. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Flattered as I am by your eagerness to marry me, most regretfully I must refuse. Chance must pick my bride and the bride of death. Here, see, a coin. One chooses heads and one chooses tails. We'll let chance be the chooser. No. Quickly, choose. Please don't make me angry. Choose. You little one first. Uh, Will I... you choose? Tails. And that leaves heads for you, eh, Dot, my little friend? Yes. Chance, chance, all is chance. Shall one of you flip up a coin? No. No, I think I will myself. High in the air. There. That does it. Land flat in the palm of my hand. Heads or tails? My bride or the bride of death? Oh, Laura. No, 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 don't touch her. Let her lie there. Poor little child. Couldn't stand the strain of waiting, now could she? How unfortunate. Is it heads? Oh, we must have patience. I'll hold the coin here, flat inside my hand, until your friend recovers. If she lost, it wouldn't be fair to kill her while she's unconscious now, would it? Yes, it is. Oh, there's no doubt about it, Jim. They're drowned, the both of them. Ah, I should have had more sense than to let them have the boat. A couple of city kids like that. Now, Jim, don't blame yourself. This water's treacherous. Look where the bottom of the canoe stove in. They must have hit a rock and gone right over. Yeah, neither one of them could swim. They told me that. Oh, this is an awful thing to happen. Hey, did you wire the sheriff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will as soon as we get back. Come on, let's keep on going downstream. We've got to find them. Yeah, that's right. Hey, what's that? What? Did you hear it? Oh, that. You mean that fiddle playing? Oh, I know. That's old man Boyd. Lives a couple of miles up through the valley. At least I think he does. I've never been up there, though. The wind makes it sound as if that fiddle's right here. Yeah. Well, how about going up and talking to him? Maybe he saw him. No, no, no. He's way off in the woods. He wouldn't see him. Well, anyway, let's talk to him. I tell you, it's no use, Fred. They're drowned, and that's the end of it. Downstream, that's where we'll find their bodies. At least let's go talk to him. Why waste the time? Well, they might have wandered off. Oh, don't be a fool. Look at the canoe. Well, at least let's go talk to the guy. It's a couple of miles over there. I'll tell you what, we'll flip for it. Huh? Heads will go up there. Tails will go downstream. Uh, okay, okay. You got a coin? Yeah. Yeah, here, here, you flip. Okay. There. What is it? Ha <laughs> tails. <laughs> well, we save a two-mile walk. 
You've got to tell me, is it head? Patience, patience, my dear daughter. You must have patience. Oh, Laura's waking up. Yes, yes, open your eyes, Laura. What? You fainted. Yes, my dear, you fainted. Help her to her feet, Dottie. Help her to her feet. Come on, Laura. Oh. Now then, we're all together again once more now, aren't we? You're feeling quite well, aren't you, my dear? What? What? That was Chance's verdict. Oh, don't worry. It's all quite well. I, I live. Oh, no, the coin is still inside my hand. I waited for you. Oh. I knew you'd like it better that way. Stop torturing me. Tell me, is it head? Is it head? Alice, please tell us. Uh, you've made me quite angry. I told you not to shout at me. Very angry. Yes, indeed. Mister, tell us. All right, all right. My fingers cramped a little bit from holding them closed so tightly. But now we'll see. Well, interesting indeed. Which one is it? Which one? Remember, I promised one of you the happiness of being my own dear bride. Yes. Which one? And remember, I promised the other one would have extinction, quick and sudden. Which one? No. Let me ask, which one of you chose tail? I did. Then die. Oh, no need for tears for her, my dear. She died quite gently. No, no, enough of tears. For since she's dead, it's you who will be my bride. No, no, I won't. I won't. There is no choice. Chance was the chooser and you the winner. I'm a man who always goes by chance. Now get up to your feet. This one is death's bride. You make it all quite difficult, you do. Why do you persist in making me angry? Chance, chance, all is chance. You'll be my bride. We'll be quite happy in my homeland when we get there. We'll pack, get to the seashore. No. First, I'll play for you. I play so well now, don't I? Softly, softly. Doesn't the music creep inside of you like long, thin snakes? Oh, what a lonely man I was. Strange thoughts twisting in my head and no one to tell them to. But now I have someone. My thoughts, your thoughts. Yes, yes, your thoughts. And I'll watch the snakes twist in your brain. Be very angry. I won't play for you again. I won't. And crying loudly, too, when there's no reason. The marriage will be quite legal on shipboard. Shipboard. Yes, shipboard. I told you it was Terry, the rendezvous. I've been waiting for months. If we miss this, there'll be no more, and I must get back. And that reminds me there's something I must tell you. Yes, tell you because I try to be a fair and gentle man. Come over by the fire. Come, I say. There. Just light enough. Now come into my arms. No. Into my arms, I tell you. There. Close to me. My little bride-to-be. Yes, I shall tell you everything. I suppose you wonder why a man of all my talents and education hides away in this forsaken place for all these months. 
Well, you shall know the reason. Look at me. Look. Closely. You see, my dear, I had a little accident. I haven't got a face. Hey, Fred. Yeah? There's something I want to tell you. Yeah, I know, I know. Shouldn't let him have that canoe. No, 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 it ain't that fella. It's the coin we flipped a little while ago. Well? I gypped you, Fred. How? Well, it wasn't tails, it was heads. You won. It's been kind of bothering me, Fred. Come on. Let's go back upstream and talk to old man Boyd, the way you said, huh? I want to say something very quickly to the radio audience. Ladies and gentlemen, believe me, the story you just heard was just a story intended purely for amazement and amusement. The young ladies were purely fictional characters, and the villain existed only for the brief space of the 29 minutes during which you listened to the play. So stop breathing hard, permit your blood pressure to follow its normal, healthy rate, and as soon as Frank Martin tells you about a certain matter, I'll be back to tell you about the fast one. Friends, don't forget now. If more vitamin D and iron is all you need to help build yourself up, then try ironized yeast tablets. Remember, if they don't quickly help you to eat better, feel more like your old-time peppy, happy self. Yes, and if you're not convinced that ironized yeast tablets can help you gain the pounds you need to look better and feel better, the cost of the first package will be refunded to you in full by the Ironized Yeast Company, Box IY, Rahway, New Jersey. Ask for ironized yeast tablets by their full name. Make sure you get what you ask for. Ironized yeast. Now, what about next week, Mr. Obler? Well, it's a mystery story. An amazing series of crimes and hit-and-run accidents which take place in different parts of a certain city, miles apart at the same moment. No one sees the autos strike the victims. No one sees the criminals. There are no clues. And yet the dead litter the streets. But that story is next week. Lights Out will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obler's weird story of The Fast One. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. The one and only Ironized Yeast. With the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. new clothes for Christmas? Well, there's a shortage of many clothing materials today, so take good care of those new clothes and call on Energine Cleaning Fluid to help you do it. Energine removes grease spots from your clothes, grease spots that may be harmful because they make your clothes look worn and run down, and because they're the favorite feeding place of moths all year round. Energine will get rid of those grease spots in a jiffy, easily, neatly, efficiently. To get better wear from your clothes, get Energine Cleaning Fluid tomorrow. That was Vols Triest from Lights Out here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that was a dip into our listener library as we're continuing that all summer long. That was Lionel's suggestion. Tim is the one that pulled that out of the vault. 
before we get moving on the story, you had a bunch of information about the song Vals Triste uh, by Sibelius in the beginning, and I was really glad you had that in the intro. Uh, it's one of my favorite pieces Ooh. of all time. I adore this piece of classical music uh, a lot. The story behind it that we only did a sentence or two on is really interesting, how he wrote it for his brother's play and when he sold it for a buck, you know, and, and it became a huge hit, whatever that was back in the day. But here's the piece of trivia that I can't believe you guys don't know. Oh, boy. It's the theme song to I Love a Mystery. Oh, hmm. that's why you love it. That is why I love it. That is the piece of uh, music they use for the intro to I Love a Mystery. Although it goes, and it does the thing, but then it, it they uh, fade out into a siren. <laughs> which isn't in the original <laughs> classical piece. <laughs> the police coming to break up the sad waltz. For it. Like a, no more sad people. waltzing here. <laughs> so, yeah, when I saw the name of this, I was like, what? Uh, why, why is it named that? Now that we've listened to it, what? Why is it named that? I have no idea. I'll give you what was going through my head, which this might be just too obvious and over the head clunky but it it stuck with me is is that it's waltz is three four it's one two three one two three one two three and then it's this little threesome wow that's a lot of thinking on your part man that's right i'm <laughs> you... done you guys finish this off for me. <laughs> wow that is some serious thinking i'm dumb <laughs> i was wondering cool, if it though. was what the guy was playing on his fiddle. That's what I but thought. I, I didn't sense. listen to it enough, and I, I can't identify the music well enough to know. So maybe a listener Here, can tell us. Well, also, obviously, it's a really tense, agonizing <laughs> process of picking his uh, yeah. wife, and then it mm-hmm. ends in death for one of them. So it does connect to the original music. But it, it, like you pointed out in the intro, it's shockingly subtle for Arch Obler. Yeah. <laughs> it's shockingly subtle, because if that is it, he would have named this... A scary man in a cabin of death. <laughs> <laughs> scary guy picks a wife. Uh, but I love that idea that, it, you know, the waltz of a person trying to choose which woman lives and which woman dies. But I will tell you that I went back and listened because I thought, is it the violin? And I cannot pick up a note of Valstriste in what he's playing on the violin. So I don't think that's it. I but, can't but hear it would anything. Be really cool if it were. It should have been. <laughs> That's what I was hoping that I would hear that familiar theme to that. But I also have to say that part of this conversation is a, a little hindered for me because neither of you have seen Infinity War yet. No, no, don't spoil it. Is but this... there's there's some thematic Venn diagram shared space. I would say between this story and Infinity War what? in a way that hopefully listeners who have seen Infinity War know what I mean. But you can't but ruin I it for can't us? discuss it with you two. So Iron Man lost his face in an accident and <laughs> And chooses between Hulk and Thor as his wife. <laughs> I didn't So you that. have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that is what I will go see it now. Oh, man. Will you please remind me when I tell you that I've finally seen Infinity War to explain to me how it is possibly related to this story? I look forward to your reaction of, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not worth it? I mean, the movie's great. I think you would like it. It's not worth putting a lot of effort into that comment. Right. (laughs) Well, I do love a lot of things about this. Uh, First of all, it's Obler. 
and it's lights out, and it's really well done. The story is very simple in its suspense and terror. Which is what Gobler does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't like a lot of complex. He lands in a single scenario and just I love them. sticks with it. Oh, that moment of, like, who chose tails? Yes. <laughs> and that calm demeanor and the repeating of the same phrases by the man, the crazy man, yeah, over and over. Yeah, motifs. If, yeah, I, I'm if, a gentleman. To have heard Karloff's version of this would be so exciting. I feel bad for this guy because he does an amazing job. Yeah, he but does. The, the whole time I'm going, oh, what would Boris Karloff do? <laughs> <laughs> and I've said this before about Karloff and Lugosi and others even Peter Laurie, to a certain extent, the voices are so distinct that it sometimes is distracting. <laughs> and this, having this guy do it, uh, I'm actually more uh, enveloped in the story that way. It's fair to say that I just Karloff in particular is so good at doing this type of character of oh, just yeah. speaking so quietly but <laughs> still being very frightening. This cat, what's his name? I think this is Lou Merrill. I- Lou Merrill, yeah. This cat, when he uh, freaks out, it's. Beautiful. Yes. When he escalates and then comes back down so quick, ah, it's a really good piece of acting right there. It was and fun. What I love about it is he loses his mind at the loud voices, mm. but when he kills her, it's just instantaneous and it's very quiet and he still stays really gentle about it. Mm. Yeah. And I like how they don't do the classical radio thing where they try to describe or tell you what sort of violence he has done to the women yeah there's a moment where they they're trying to open the door and it's clear that he's knocked her down or slapped her or done something but they don't tell you oh my gosh you just slapped her down to the ground you know which yeah, a lot of old radio shows want to do but this new this new situation and it happened so quickly you mentioned the ending and, and him killing wow i did not see that coming no and the lunge and the quickness of mm-hmm. the murder i jumped first of all they're going to get out of this. They're, he's not going to kill one and marry the other one. Of course not. Come on. That... Wait, have you heard any other Art Tobler script? <laughs> but I'm hoping. Did you, okay, so you're I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there's some kind of thing going to happen. And then, oh, man, it's just so, so harsh. And it's so quick. Bam. Yeah. This oh, is the exact so opposite much. of Death by Giant Worm. Which right. We yeah. talked about Revolt of the Worms. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like an eternity. That was lights of, out. Yeah, that was lights right, out right, smothering right. this guy with a worm. But here it's just lightning fast. Lightning fast. And, and, and it's, it's funny because so he tells you he's going to do that. You just don't believe it. I just don't want to believe it, I guess. I just thought when for been, sure. He's, uh, if my fingers have been cramped from holding this coin for so long, he's just been waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> I <laughs> thought for sure there was a twist coming before he killed one of them. I know it's Obler, and I know that it's probably not going to be really happy, but I just didn't see that coming, especially that fast. Yeah. Who had tails? Bam! You're done. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because he played the game so long that it was unexpected for him to act that quickly at now. And, you know, it makes sense if he kept saying that this is not torture, this is not meant to be personal. I just got to kill one of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, make mine vanilla with onions. <laughs> That's my new favorite line. I am going to use that because I don't know what it means at all, and I'm just going to throw it out arbitrarily the rest of my life. That was in the category of, I should ask someone about this later. Right. That, that just blew by me. Like, what? I'm sure it's fine. I think it should be our new podcast motto. <laughs> well, make mine vanilla with onions. <laughs> 
That's some old-timey talk right there, man. Some <laughs> old-timey talking. Uh, the creaking of the door opening, talking about production values, when he opens that door to the cabin and says, hello. <laughs> That's a fantastically scary moment done really through uh, nothing but uh, Foley. And just the idea of the fiddle in the distance. There's nothing menacing about it, but the fact that you know it's Archibald or you know it's going to be an it's almost its lack of menace becomes menacing <laughs> combined with the fact that these women aren't anticipating any problem you as a listener know this is arch obler yep. they're going up to the cabin door he doesn't answer right away and uh, one of them starts pounding on the door and they, they they have no fear going into it which again makes at least me as a listener like, no don't know <laughs> but the performances of both those actresses are so much bigger and brasher and brassier yeah. uh, than the average character in a story like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he does that a lot. I mean, that, I, I think we talked a couple episodes ago about Poltergeist again. Um, he, he likes to give really strong roles to women. I mean, mm-hmm. and then kill them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there are a couple other Arch Over episodes I can think of like that, though. But they, he gives them lots of personality, like mm-hmm. extra personality. I think his idea is to make you really like them, really Works. identify yeah. with them, and then the horror is mm-hmm. much more effective then. I do like how, you know, for the time, how ahead of his time he was in writing women. I mean, these two women at the top here, they're, anybody in this situation would end up being who they became, you know, and <laughs> yeah. falling apart. But at the top, they're very um, confident and not weak and, and all those things that would be typical of the time of writing women. And, yeah, and their, their situation is not exactly fraught, but like they have some challenges to overcome. There is a moment of their situation that does bug me writing-wise really quick. Just up to your knees. Probably could have grabbed that canoe. (laughs) (laughs) Just go get the canoe. Okay, just going to, okay, let the canoe go. But that's a small thing. I felt that was a total reflection of their personalities because that was essentially Dottie's point of view. Like, seriously, you let go of the canoe? I mean, I felt like that was part of the scene is that you had one job to do is hold on to the canoe. So I'm like, <laughs> right, right. I felt it was incorporated into the characters and this and the scene quite nicely. One thing that distressed me, and it's something that always distresses me in these things, is when they kind of turn on each other, even mm-hmm. though I understand in that situation. Right. And oh, they yeah. both like, right. I'll be your wife, kill her type of thing. It's, it's just extra horrific. I remember as uh, maybe at about 14 or 15 reading 1984. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. when it gets to that end, when they turn each o- on each other, mm-hmm. was one of the, the first sort of emotional horror. Yeah. I remember that, oh, you could get to a point where you turn on your loved ones. I mean, clearly, I mean, they were friends. They weren't, like, I, I, I don't know what their <laughs> relationship was beforehand, but because he does such a good job and the actors do such a good job mm-hmm. performing the roles over rope for them that you really like them. Yeah. And you want them to maybe be stronger than that. But given the scenario, you can't actually judge them either. That moment, I said out loud, no, yeah. when she turned on her and said, I'll be your wife. Yeah. What did you call it? Extra horrific? Just yeah. now? I mean, yeah. it was. It was brutal. It's a brutal, real psychological mm-hmm. moment. I'll be your wife. And I yelled at my computer, no. Oh, <laughs> God. There's nothing worse than turning on each other. Yeah, uh, was think- it last week we did CBS... Radio Mystery Theater and the thing in the cave? Yeah. yeah. So if those who have heard that, there's something about that whole story where they never really turned on each other in a very difficult situation, which yeah. I found interesting. Maybe not so real. Like, 
<laughs> it's extra horrifying. There's no other way to put it when you realize, okay, well, in order for me to live, I'm turning on you. Yikes. Yeah. Because I will tell you right now, if we get up and that door is locked and we can't get out, I am turning on you too. <laughs> I will get out of here. Um, if this is our last podcast, listeners, you, <laughs> you'll know what happened. <laughs> Well, I want to know who locked the door first. <laughs> My wife. It locks from the inside. I mean, we we can get out. <laughs> Shh. Joshua didn't know that. <laughs> um, the coin flipping, metaphorical, beautiful, <laughs> like all the coin the flipping. The structure going of the two coin flips happening simultaneously. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Arch Ober wrote something cool. <laughs> he, he did. And it's a yeah. heavy handed thematic, in all fairness, because you have sure. to believe that. Everybody in the 1940s made all their decisions with coins because everybody decides with a coin. So it's not naturalistic. And I usually like that in Obler, but I think here it was a little jarring to me simply because the way he treats the terror and the scenario in the cabin with John Boyd and the women feels so real. And there's a part of me that feels like it's awesome until like the last 60 seconds. The whole... I don't have a face thing really didn't work for me and felt really jarring. It's like, dude, you got a sociopath who's captured these women and is killing one and taking them away. You don't need to throw on this really like hokey, I don't have a face ending to it. And it just took me out of it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I agree. There was no reason for that. He had set up so much of a beautiful, scary story. It didn't need him to not have a face. Now it was an episode of Twilight Zone. Well, yeah. no matter how how it's disguised or hidden in shadows, like if you're in a room with someone without a face, it's going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strong. Yeah, obviously they're foreshadowing it the entire time. And, but right. the, the way he foreshadows it is kind of effective. Yeah. It's eerie there at one point they say he holds his head funny which is sort of disturbing and you, and you can't quite see what's wrong with someone anytime you know something's wrong but you can't figure out what it is is distressing both in real life as well yeah. as in fiction and then they mentioned at one point that it smells kind of like medicine in the house yeah, and all yeah. these i assumed had something to do with why he was hiding his face and, he's mm-hmm. it. and all those worked really well if that wasn't the end reveal if it was just that he had hurt himself recently and so he was extra hideous but it almost suggests like Which made i could s- have dealt with all this if you were handsome <laughs> right it would have yeah, been right. fine if you murdered it. yeah if it had come up <laughs> earlier that he was disfigured in some way it would just be, i don't have lips <laughs> <laughs> it would just be a setup to why he was a sociopath perhaps and, and went and lived in the woods what sort of accident leaves you without a face well, i was trying to think monkey of bites that's uh, a monkey attack yeah <laughs> I'm Minnesotan, so I imagine someone getting their like tongue stuck to a metal pole and just <laughs> pulling away too fast, and the entire face stuck to it. I don't know. Sander, yeah, really I, uh, big uh, novelty pencil eraser. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Never mind. The end of genius. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, it perhaps, it me. perhaps he was at a dance and. During a waltz, something a happened. Slow waltz. His face fell off. His face <laughs> fell off, thus Volstreist. We're bringing it all together now. Yeah. That's what happened. It was a waltzing accident. <laughs> and he lost I his I can face. do this minute waltz in 45 seconds. <laughs> don't! Don't! Oh, you'll lose your face! <laughs> Uh, 
but, what do you but think back about to the... Tim's point, I, I feel like we jumped away from it about the double coin oh, cost. Yes. The idea of chance, obviously, it's not subtle uh, throughout this, but that idea that the guys coming to find the women mm-hmm. cheated chance. Yes. Do you take it as if he had not lied about that coin toss to his associate that they would have made it to yes. the cabin in time to save them both? Absolutely. Yeah, I would take that. Yeah. yeah. That small choice has huge mm-hmm. repercussions. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I have no face overshadowed that. Yeah. There's no need for it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll go as far as say there's no need for the two hunters looking for him. You take away the I have no face part, the double coin flip and all that. It ending with, and now you'll be my wife, and stabbing the other one, like, and then that's it. That's a lot of terror. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you sing it when you don't have a face? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And where is his home country? Did you pick up an accent? Because he said he was going to take her on a steamer ship, so it's somewhere outside. Yeah, were they in Alaska? The US? There was a reference to Cicero or something Alaska at the beginning, and I thought that they might be that far in the wilderness in Alaska. I have no idea. No, some scary homeland. <laughs> right. I will say that I do like the guys looking for them because it adds to that tragedy of it that there was just a just missed rescue mm. and obler does need that twist and i would argue mm. that that's a way better twist than no face yes i may be showing my ignorance on lights out here the guy that says it is later than you think is it the same one every time it sounded different this time it sounded like a different person doing it uh than i was used to because i thought it was donald sutherland <laughs> that doesn't sound like the same guy you would no, think it's, it's, a, it's a different guy in this version i don't know who good. it is but it's a different opening partly because a lot online, a lot of these episodes are misidentified as to when they were recorded. Mm-hmm. There was the early 30s or the late 30s Arch Obler original run that was short, and then he came back in the 40s. And then in the 70s, there were a lot of repackaged versions like The Devil and Mr. O that he had new openings for mm-hmm. that he recorded in the 70s, but they're just the the old recordings from the 40s. So figuring out where these are from is kind of hard. And so there there are slightly different openings for all of them. Because it was Donald Sutherland. <laughs> all right, let's vote. Uh, Tim? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I certainly think it stands the test of time. It's really good, and I think innovative in a lot of interesting ways. It's, it's vicious and visceral, but it's also smart and sophisticated in ways that sometimes Arch Obler is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll give it classic. I'll say that. Wow. Nice. It's really close to classic, and it's a personal thing for me. I understand why people consider it a classic and love it so much, uh, but that and just really bugs me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you get 99% of it right, you shouldn't be a jerk like I'm being a jerk right now, but that would, <laughs> that would just annoy me because it was so close. He had no face. What? He should just took some ironized yeast. Because that apparently can put That's on... That's how you can lose a face. No, it's how you can put on <laughs> 5, 10, even more pounds of good new flesh. That was in a commercial. Yikes. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. <laughs> I, I agree with Joshua. I agree with him 100%. I think that it is absolutely a really a brilliant and wonderful piece. I love everything about it. And it just doesn't get the classic stamp because you added something that didn't need to be there. And you take that away and... Uh, I will say this, that the scene of him killing that woman 
is top three most terrifying moments in old time radio that I've ever been. I was jarred. It was so quick yeah. and so vicious and so terrible that uh, I didn't like it <laughs> in that way, you know. So I thought it was just, it was brilliant. So I will absolutely make mine vanilla with some onion. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Who was the listener again? That was Lionel. Uh, he previously had recommended to us uh, the Bunny, Bunny Bum Bum. Bunny Baumler. Bunny Baumler, thank the you. The life and crimes of Bunny oh, Baumler. Yeah. That was yes. his fault? Yeah. <laughs> I still love that Well, one. way to make up for that. <laughs> yes, these, that's Don't quite you a listen pair. to Eric Lionel. We love that one. No, nope, we did not. <laughs> Tim, tell him stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That's where you'll find other episodes of this podcast. You'll also find information about our live performances. Uh, you can also contact us through that website. You can give us your suggestions for episodes you'd like us to listen to, and we'll get to them eventually. Uh, you'll get links to our Facebook page and our Instagram account. It's just a great catch-all place to know about us. <laughs> you can also uh, go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast if you are so inclined. We have a lot of excellent rewards on there. You can... Um Sign up and get our members-only podcast, The Secrets of the Mysterious Old Radio, and that's a lot of fun, too. You can also go to iTunes and write a review. I challenge you this time to write a review using only dialogue from this Lights Out. <laughs> you can start with five stars. I, I start with no face. <laughs> I have some very interesting things to talk to you about, which is my favorite line. From this. Yeah, that was creepy, right? Yeah. And then end on, I'm going to pull you apart like a herring. <laughs> and as long as it's five stars, <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, right? Someone just wandering by and reads those reviews that five stars pulled, a, pulled me apart like a herring. <laughs> I give it extra vanilla with some onion. <laughs> Joshua, you got the next one. Oh, yes, I do. And it is another listener suggestion. And um, this time we are going to be listening to Colony from X minus one. Until then, look out! Make my vanilla with onions. <laughs>